Guess who's back? Back again. SHP. Who? Oh. Jess and Dan. You didn't give me a guess chance to guess. Back. Guess who's back. <laughs> you didn't give me a chance. <laughs> yes, we're back. Uh, uh, after an unexpected break. Yeah, what's up with you, Jess? Why are you always... Excuse me? (laughs) This, like, always happens where one of us will be like, oh, man, I really need, like, a break of a week, and then something will come up the next week, and I'm like, no, see, we should not have taken a break the week before, since we needed the break this week. (laughs) That's right. From end to end, we needed a break. (laughs) That's the song we're doing. I'm not even... that's, that's, That's not even the end of the... The cold open. And in case How's you can't tell from this energy, which one I have lots of energy. <laughs> You're always pointing out like, oh, we don't have the right energy. And then it sounds fine. Okay, I have good energy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. We'll be back at you after this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. That's my line. But I know, I, but I do I've like the energy. energy. You sure do. All right. Well, hello, everyone. This is Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. <laughs> so we're back, and yeah, I don't want to like harp on like, oh, we had another week off. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for anyone who relies on us for their week. It <laughs> like, happens. it's hard to imagine that that's true. But I know some people have said like, oh, you don't have an episode. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we don't have an episode. That's lovely. Thank There's you for letting us into on. your homes and your workplaces and right. your cars. I know we're definitely on in some cars right now, <laughs> based on voicemails that we get. Right. <laughs> so we're gonna try to really so. Me getting into this new job over the, it's been since May, so there's not really much of an excuse, but this new job I have, like, it's really ramping up now. And for the last, since COVID, like, we would record on a weekday and we would release the next day or sometimes even the same day. We can't do that anymore. I go into the office, my job's getting more intense, like, in a good way. Like, it's just getting more involved. I'm getting more responsibility. I you had more home, training. Had recently. more, more yeah. training as yeah. I'm, like, leveling up within this company that I'm working at. So, not leveling up, like, promotion-wise, but just leveling up in terms of responsibility. So, I'm just realizing we can't stick to the old Sadie Hawkins pod schedule model. It doesn't <laughs> right? work anymore. We gotta, we gotta go forward. We gotta do something else. We can't record on a monday night or and then release or tuesday night and release on the tuesday or wednesday night anymore we gotta totally rework that so get your voicemails in early yeah or they will be played the following week which i guess you'll just notice as we as <laughs> right. we go along under this which will new be kind of like how it used to be before yeah. covid before yeah. i was home all day and we record any day we wanted so i don't know yeah i apologize for when we haven't been around. I don't, but I don't want to harp on it because I talk about it all the time. I hate when I watch a YouTube video from like five years ago and it <laughs> right. opens with five minutes of someone explaining why they haven't been around. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not even subscribed to you. So, you know, God forbid the from end to end <laughs> super fans are like, we don't know what you're talking about. Let's bring in new listeners. Right. And we have finally IVF is moving forward. Yes. For those who have been listening for a while, we've been working on IVF for a long time. There was a lot of holdups because of healthcare and, you know, the money turned out to be the least of the problems. Like, cause we talked about it. We were blessed to have our family basically help us with the monetary 
uh, wait of doing IVF. But now, like, we still needed our healthcare lined up, and it wasn't lined up correctly. And then there was a whole thing where they were like, "Oh, Jessica, you're not, you know, your body's not ready." And it turned out it was, and they held that up for no reason, and all this stuff. Finally, we have implantation scheduled. So, your prayers, your thoughts, whatever way you want to send, you know. Good vibes, good prayer requests. We're, we're deeply appreciative. We're deeply thank appreciative you so for much. anyone who gives us thank support. Thank you so so much, and we're 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 excited to give you the update that things are moving along, things are looking good, and uh, yes, we're we're moving on to implantation at the beginning of November. So very exciting. Yes. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for everyone who has continued to just keep us in their thoughts and and their prayers and send good vibes all along the way. Thank you guys so much and uh, we feel very blessed to have such a wonderful little community here and thank you so we definitely wanted to give you that little update so yeah I definitely had with that we you know this past these past couple weeks I've had a lot of appointments with that as well coming up as we're getting closer and it was really on me so how we've been slowing down on our podcast scheduling but well let's forget not slow down forget not and talk about the song forget (laughs) not slow down well you know who really needs prayer requests and who really had a problem slowing for not being able to forget and slowing down was when we were young festival. Oh my gosh, that's right. That is top of the show business. Because last week <laughs> we did our special episode talking about when we were young festival 2023 announcement, Reliant K being a part of that, whether or not you should try to go to that. Like, it sold out like instantly. That's one update is like, here we were talking to people and we weren't saying you know last week we weren't giving you advice about when we were young fest out of nowhere i like i said i had three different people hit us up in the dm or publicly in comments asking like what's the deal with this how does this work what's what's going on isn't this fire festival and we had the whole discussion about it it was real it's real but it sold out immediately so we were giving all this advice of like oh if you've never been to a big festival like this outside of maybe a christian festival in your experience like you gotta really think about it don't go just for relying k barely matters it's sold out in minutes for 2023 so if you're going congrats and if you're not don't don't get fomo it's all good <laughs> there will be other shows and yeah it's funny because people are like oh is this real is this fake and then with right. this, this what happened especially for since we got to we, since we pushed since we didn't record last week i mean i guess we'll just have to time stamp the recording of this episode we're recording on sunday october 23rd right today's the second day or the would have been second day of the first year of when we were young fest because the Blink-182, again, I got to summarize this because people were still confused about this online like today. People thought like, wait, did they cancel next year with Blink-182 and Green Day and Relying K is on there as well? Like, no. This year, the one that's headlined by Paramore and My Chemical Romance and there's Jimmy Eat World in there and there's Bright Eyes in there. This year's, the first day got canceled 30 minutes to door. And this is not next year's with Relying K and MXPX down the list and Blink-182 and Green Day headlining. 30 minutes to door this year's canceled. And like they clearly were making a specific marketing schedule push to have announced the Blink-182 Green Day next year lineup a week ahead, two weeks ahead of this year's lineup. They were probably and they were fighting all of this like fire festival 
comparisons that people were making, which again, I still don't think is like fair because you're not stranded on a private island. Yeah, fire you're, festival. You're, you know, you're not re- you're not relying on. I keep wanting to call it. It's not dead fest. You're right. not relying on when we were young for your accommodations. You know, for your lodging, for your exactly. food, for your general well being. Like you're paying. You know, considering you know compared to fire festival, you're paying a very small amount compared to that. And you're in the middle of Las Vegas. So, yeah. like, it stinks if it gets canceled. That's, like, awful. It totally sucks. But you're still in Las Vegas. You have, you've, you've gotten your own accommodations. You've got your own food thing going. You're not stranded in the desert. You're in the middle of a city. You know, you can go and do other <laughs> right. things. And that's the big thing. Like, that's how this isn't, like, Fire Festival. Because Fire Festival was kind of almost deliberately set in the mid, literally in the middle of nowhere on a private island where only one way gets you there. And then suddenly there's no way off the island. And, like, they didn't have to have, like, permits and stuff, right? But if you're having a big festival in the middle of Las Vegas, there's permits signed. There's a you paper have to trail. hire. Yeah, there's a paper trail. You have to hire police and fire detail. You have to sign all these contracts. Fire Festival was, like, $5,000 for a bungalow on an island where you get to watch Jaw Rule and Blink-182. <laughs> This is and 300 to pulled out like, right before early. yeah anything really went but too when far. we were young is $300 to see Paramore and My Chemical Romance and 30 other bands in the middle of Las Vegas this isn't fire festival now it does seem too good to be true and and I totally see why you would be like oh this feels too good to be true because we are so far separated it feels like now even though it's not that many years we are really separated from sort of festival culture as it used to be, like Warp Tour, where you would go and see a lineup of these kind of bands in over the course of a couple days, not just one day. Right. But you would well, still be day. in... A Warp Tour was one day. It I was one day per went. city. Sorry, you're right. I'm so, thinking of it for the, right. for the customers. It's traveling. For, yeah. yeah. Right. So you go, and it is like one day, but like if you miss it in Detroit, you can always go to Chicago or whatever. You know, like you were more used to that from then. And... I think there's those just a, enough of a separation. Ended. Yeah, those festivals have ended. The thing is that business model of we get a big touring all-day punk festival to hit the road. There's five stages, stages happening at the same time, dozens of bands, basically a shopping mall worth of band merch aisles, like, intense. That, like, traveling circus of a giant festival as the music industry and the economy changed throughout the 90s into the 2000s, that was no longer sustainable as a giant all-day touring festival. And that's why those things have all ended. So now all of these festivals, because Lollapalooza was originally a big touring all-summer-long festival that went to multiple cities, and then they rebranded I think you mean Hullabalooza. Hullabalooza, right. (laughs) I saw a guy get shot out of a cannon there once. Yeah. I mean, he got shot with a cannonball, excuse me. (laughs) But the day that I went to, he jumped out of the way of the cannonball. We were all so bummed. We booed at him. I guess it was like something about his health, but I was like, (laughs) whatever. Um, yeah, so, like, over time, the economy and the music industry changed where an all-day touring festival was no longer viable. Lollapalooza became a one-day festival where it used to be a touring festival. Warped Tour canceled, and there's, like, rumors that one day Warped Tour will come back as a one-day-only festival someday. I don't know if that's going to happen. But in the meantime, things like When We Were Young and, uh, you know, Back to the Beach and things like that have tried to pick up the one-day version of Warped Tour banner. 
yeah, when we were young this year, had some really horrible luck by having these high winds. And it was windy here in Los Angeles. So all the way out there in the desert of Las Vegas, it had to be super windy for them to cancel the day for safety reasons. And it really sucks for the when we were young corporation because they're already fighting this this like rhetoric that their fire festival, even though I don't think that that's like warranted at all. It's just like fire festival is this memeish zeitgeist, hilarious thing that happened on an Island in the middle of nowhere and rich people got screwed over and that's hilarious. But then that gets like put into the zeitgeist and like mulled around until like any festival is suddenly fire fest like no there's music festivals all the time and like because of upstart ones we talked about this last week but yeah sucks our friend emily who we know from blink 155 like all the friends that i made who live here in los angeles and were listeners of blink 155 she was at the gate she was there when it got canceled when it got like they 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 canceled the day and it was so we found out it was half an hour before and uh, uh, david parks in that same text group and so we're like, oh my god, like I couldn't believe it. And then, yeah, and I guess day two is happening right now as we're recording. I guess I oh, could okay. look that so up. So there are multiple days, because I thought it was just, or at least next year, it's just one day. Next year, it's one day. Okay. I think it was originally supposed to be three days. Okay, so at least at least they're getting something this year, where they, yeah. they at least are, are getting a day in there. Or That's did, good. Yeah, uh, I mean... They, I thought it was all just one day. They could have moved it down to uh, one day because of, you know things but i'm gonna look it up real quick is it still happening right now hey future danny here so the second day of when we were young fest 2022 happens next weekend they're two days a week apart i didn't actually finish looking it up while we were recording so that's your update from the future see we're even confused as to what is going on (laughs) (laughs) We're like, guys, everything's fine. Calm down. (laughs) The AV Club had a headline that says, Defiant God shuts down first day of when we were young festival. (laughs) Well, clearly this won't happen next year then with Reliant K there. Right. (laughs) And to a lesser degree, MXPX. Right. Oh, well. So that's our update on the When We Were Young Festival stuff. So this still has nothing to do with next year, unless this somehow, like, unless all the refunds or the lawsuits that may happen from this. But the thing is, I would imagine that a that when we were I'm young sure festival insurance has insurance for yeah. this they yeah. must have had like huge insurance and this is a literal act of god and if there's act of god coverage in their insurance then i'm sure the when we were young festival corporation is uh probably going to be okay and then next year's will still happen yeah as far as as far as we know this is all legitimate unlike firefest which is just run by an it was literally an asshole who was like, oh, I want to do a festival. He collected all the money and then didn't start the work. He didn't start the work. He didn't even have the stages and the bungalows finished. Like, that's not how any other music festival had ever really happened to that scale. So I don't know why everyone just immediately assumes everything is fire Festival because this happened that one time. Like, the whole, all of society has become like shy to the idea of music festivals because of this one idiot. Anyway, what Which other is really a shame. <laughs> what other top of the show things do we have? Do we have voicemails? We do. And you don't have to go hiding yet. We do have Uh-oh. deathbed follow-up. Okay. But we won't discuss those yet. First we have 
this voicemail from Daniel, and this actually goes a couple of weeks back. I think we missed this on um, our deathbed episode, right? Because we had so much to do. So this is Daniel calling about something. <laughs> I'm reading through the... <laughs> calling about something? Well, I'm reading through... Because in one thing he says Sloop John B., but I don't know if he's actually calling about Sloop John B. So let's hear what Daniel has to say here. What's up, it's Daniel. Um, I have a note about grit. Um, oh, right. Okay. So this is about Sloop John B. I mentioned the band Grits because the food Grits are oh, mentioned Oh, I thought it was about Sloop the John food. B. I got excited for well, a second. We'll find or out. is it about girls raised in the South? Well, I think Daniel here is going to talk about the band Grits. Okay. So when I first bought Anatomy of the Tongue in Cheek, which was the first CD I ever bought with my own money, um, it came with this sampler CD of just like bunch of different like christian rock and rap artists and stuff artists and uh grits had a song on there it wasn't my life be like which is their really famous one that you just played um but i think it was off the same album it was called here we go um probably like that one and and there was a um Oh, what's his name? John Rubin's song on the on the same sample CD, and those are like the only two rap songs that I liked. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was a good song. But uh, it was, I looked it up later, and it, like a couple years ago, it was just fun because I didn't really know anything about it. Um, but Aunt Ho wrote it. Oh, we lost some uh, audio there. So let's see if I can still suss out what he was... What was he saying John Rubin was dippity doing? <laughs> I don't know. He's not replying to our request to be on our Silly Shoes episode. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, what he's, that's what he's dippity not that's doing. <laughs> a free sample CD that I got when I was... I don't know. Anyway, um, and then the first time I saw... Um, was in 2004, like right around 4th of July, and they played at Six Flags Dallas. And uh, Grits, I think, was the first musical act of that night. It was Grits, Pillar, The Supertones, and then Reliant K. Um, so I don't think those, those are obviously not all uh, uh, go to records groups, but yeah. So I have seen them live. They were kind of a big deal for a hot minute. And uh, yeah, I don't know too much else. The one guy's name is Coffee. That's kind of funny. Um, all right. See ya. Is it Coffee or Copy? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out. So I missed who wrote... Both are fantastic. Copy and Coffee? Is that anything like the hit song Xerox from the movie Future Kill, 1985? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we watched this movie called Future Kill... Which is famous. Can't recommend it. Can't recommend it <laughs> enough. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's infamous for having a cover painted by H.R. Geiger, who's the artist that created the alien. And it's like, why did H.R. Geiger do the poster for this one really cheap horror movie? Because it's fantastic sci fi art. And, but the movie doesn't live up to it. No. And. It's like really confusing because you're like because it's called Future Kill, so we think it's going to be the future, but then it turns out no, it's just to, it's just the '80s. It's the time it was made, and it's a bunch of like frat boys who decide to go downtown and do a prank where they like 
mix about with the like the punk kids that are yeah. called the mutants but like are they actually mutants or are no. they punk kids well, like the reality is so confused is, only one of them is a mutant <laughs> and splatter is a mutant everybody else is just there because they're all uh gathered around their leader who it's it's very punk in that they're like hey we're here we're like they're like environmental not terrorists <laughs> but they're like out there being like there's a whole know, side of town. Activists out, yeah. It's not the future. And it's, it's shot it's, in Austin. There, it's shot in Austin, Texas. There's a, let's just assume it's Austin, Texas. They're saying there's an entire like slum in Austin, Texas that's just taken over by hundreds of punks that all paint their faces with makeup the same way and just mill about and one of them is really evil and has robotic a robotic arm and kills people this sounds interesting <laughs> but it's not because the whole time we're like it's where's the future kill? is this the future uh very poorly lit street fight scenes um yeah there and then there are some really mind-boggling like and the, great baffling scenes. the song is called xerox they go into a punk club the the whole downtown area that they mill about for most of the movie is like abandoned and then they go into this one punk club and it's filled with hundreds of these same punk people all with the exact same makeup on their face not that's... a fun streets of fire like no punk club though but i was know, like well where like... do what where does everyone in this club go to to get food after the show <laughs> because there's nowhere to eat same place here. as la which there's is no nowhere because everything's closed by the time you get out of anything good lord it's one of the like two biggest cities in this country and everything closes okay, at like 9 right. p.m but then the punk band in future kill is the softest most pat benatar style punk band <laughs> so like they basically they probably were thinking of like the germs or the dead kennedys but no they got a really really new wavy band and they try to make none it doesn't look dangerous at all it's so dumb we're making this sound better than it is yeah Anyway, and you said that because you thought, because I wasn't sure if the guy's name was Coffee or Copy. Right. Well, his name is Coffee. Nice. Coffee and Bonafide are the members of, it's like Red <laughs> Foo and Kung Fu Blue or whatever LMFO, LMFAO's oh, names are. Sky Blue and Red Foo, I think. Anyway. All right. What do we have next? Well, we have a voicemail from Sam. I don't remember which Sam, because we got two Sams now. Well, that's fine. I'm It'll guessing it's the new out. Sam. Maybe it's a third one. Oh, it says, hi, you guys. It's Sam again. So it's our new Sam. Hey, guys. It's Sam again. And I'm calling because I literally just listened to the Seventeen Magazine episode. And I was, like, honestly surprised that Jessica didn't find my Reliant K Seventeen magazine fan fiction that I posted, and then I decided to do a deep dive on my own past fan fictions that I've written, and I'm like, oh shit, I don't think it's public anymore, <laughs> and I can't find it. And um, but I did find a different fanfic that I had posted that was a Matthew Thiessen fanfic from like I don't know, is it ten years ago? I think. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now, and I just I wanted uh, I wanted to say that because I thought it was really really funny. Um, send it, please send, please send both of them. We we won't even read them aloud if you if you don't want us to. I'll just read it for my own personal enjoyment. If you guys want to know, like if you guys want to see it, so you can read it to yourself and not read it to a live audience, I'm happy to give you guys that information. Um, 
It's like Heck she heard yeah. you in the recorded voicemail. <laughs> I know what I'm reading tonight before bed. <laughs> but, like, it was written by me, I think, something like a long time ago. <laughs> this was a very, very long time ago. But all the same. Anyway, I'm sorry. I was uh, trying to look at it so I could see it and see when I wrote it, but I think it's something like 10, maybe even closer to like 12 or 13 years ago now. But yeah, I thought you guys would like that. Okay, bye. Well, clearly Jessica is very excited to hear about this. Absolutely. But what she's not excited to hear about is the last voicemail we have, which is about Deathbed. Oh, oh no, what's happening? Oh. What, are these, what are these lights in the sky? Oh my gosh, it's... Oh. Oh, it's the recently returned Tom DeLong. He's on a spaceship and he's he's beaming Jessica away. Oh my word! What excellent timing. Well, there she goes. I don't know if I trust Jessica on a spaceship with Tom DeLong. I mean, I trust her. She has no attraction to Tom DeLong that I know of, but I don't know. Hopefully, we'll get her back. Uh, here is the voicemail from Greg calling about Deathbed. Hey, Dan and Jess, this is Greg. Uh, just finished up the deathbed episode, and, and sorry to take it back there. Um, but a couple things that, that I didn't think got brought up in the earlier deathbed episode or this one uh, that I wanted to touch on. So I actually got to see Reliant K in, in June of 2009. Uh, they played uh, Raleigh, uh, North Carolina. That was the tour they did with Al City. And uh, got the chance to meet uh, Keeson after the show. And I mentioned to him how much I enjoyed Deathbed. They did it as the encore of that, that concert. Um, and he mentioned to me that uh, the the song was actually based on the life of a relative of his, I think an uncle uh, he had mentioned, um, that I think aspects of that, that person's life kind of inspired the song. It sounds like in real life that person had a, a happier ending. I think they had some of the same struggles in the beginning, but, you know, became a Christian and I think even got remarried and, and actually had kind of a happier life before dying. Um, but they were, they did, the song did pull from aspects of that person's life, which I thought was interesting, uh, that at least was partially based on a, on a real person in peace and family. Um, the other thing, and again, I don't, I don't think this got mentioned, but, um, I noticed that, uh, the, the acapella intro in, uh, Plead the Fifth, um, if you come in, like, well, the, the acapella melody that comes in at the 17-second mark that runs from like about 17 seconds to 42 seconds maps perfectly onto the chord progression in the in the musical interlude in Deathbed, the one that kicks in at about the eight-minute mark when uh, when the character's soul is ascending. But if you listen to that chord progression from Deathbed, I think you listen to um, that acapella melody on uh, on Play the Fifth. Um, they map together, and, and you mentioned in the episode. Uh, I think in an interview, Tyson said that was like the plea that this was like the last thing they did. So I wonder if that was, it seems like that had to be an intentional choice to kind of allude to the big uh, finale on the album in the opening track. Anyway, that's awesome. You guys are great. Really love the show. Uh, can't wait to hear the next episode. And then Greg, after this voicemail, he DM'd us. Well, us. I'm the only one still here. Jessica's up in space somewhere still at this moment. Greg DM'd us to mention... After he left this voicemail, he double-checked the old Deathbed episode, the original one, episode 70, 
and that we did hit on some of these points. But that's the thing I mentioned in our most recent Deathbed episode, is that you could literally do a podcast series individually about the song Deathbed. You could take it like phrase for phrase, minute for minute, and you could make an entire podcast series just about that one song. And it's impossible to get to everything in even the two episodes we've done about the song. Um, it was a two and a half hour episode, and there were things that I talked about in episode 70 that I didn't even think about in this month's Deathbed episode. But yeah, one of them was, uh, one thing I remember is that I found a YouTube video where Thiessen says in an interview, I, that he, I'm speaking from Thiessen's point of view, I wanted to write a song about dealing with death and it was written from the first person and then this, it wasn't working out. So I created a third person narrative and this character. Now, what, what Greg was told by Thiessen makes complete sense that if he starts writing from a third person if he started out writing it from his own point of view and then he starts making up a fictional character to give the same idea he's going to pull from aspects of his own life i mean he started from his first person point of view it makes sense to also try to come up with all this history writers pull from what they know and they pull from people's lives that they actually that they know personally and things like that I mean, I imagine a song is this com- that's this complex that even like Tyson couldn't give all the information about the inspiration for this song in one interview. Like you'd basically you could write a book about Deathbed. So uh, that all makes sense to me that there could be multiple ways. Tyson might say one thing about what was in- the inspiration for Deathbed in one interview, and then he might say something else in a different interview. But I believe that all those answers could be correct because it's so complex that there's not just one angle in which all of these things came together. And yeah, by the time we had done the most recent Deathbed episode, I didn't even think to talk about the Pleading the Fifth opening, but we did talk about that in the original episode 70. So before I call to the heavens to bring Jessica back down from the spaceship, there was one other email that someone sent us, and this was from Dominic, and they wrote, Hi, Jess and Dan. Well, it's just me. Listen to your deathbed episode on the way to university today. Uh, It's my favorite song, and there's a couple of things that I think Dan missed when talking about the version on the live album, mainly towards the end of the song. And see, this is the thing. I didn't A-B the live version and the studio version to tell all the differences, but I saw that there's like two and a half minutes missing from the live version. The instrumental after the character dies is significantly shorter than the five-score instrumental piece, which is probably how they shaved off so much time. Also, during the I Am the Life part, when George Foreman... (laughs) I did it again. When John Foreman and then Dominic wrote Grill, making fun of the fact that I can't not say George Foreman. I've never had this problem until this month says, embrace me and you'll understand. Matt T has a more evident harmonization, which strengthened what you were saying about the the original heaven part, which I can't remember, but hopefully you do. I'm not sure right now. Anyway, thanks for reading this little essay, Dominic. So yeah, thank you for doing the work that I did not. (laughs) There was so much work to prepare for that episode three weeks ago now. And I definitely, comparing the live version to the studio version was the last thing on my list. Oh, what's this? The spaceship is back. The spaceship is returning. I can't believe aliens exist. Oh, here comes Jessica. She's zooming down. Whoa, Jessica, are you okay? Wow. (laughs) 
What an amazing experience. I don't like this. It what is so beautiful out there, just amongst the cosmos. I can't believe Tom DeLong was right all along. I can't wait to give all my money to the two of the stars. No, 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 no. <laughs> what? Oh. No, no, no. Hi. Hi. How, how was it? What did I miss? Nothing much. Nothing much. But you're back just in time to actually talk about the song. Oh, all from right. And is your mind totally opened? Are you ready to talk about Reliant K's song about the universe and aliens? You know, I, I actually didn't. Did not dive too deep into the song i mean i did do my deep dive there's not a lot there but uh yeah i i i have not really delved into the lyrics here at all so not knowing the the words to this song right. uh it's definitely musically a jam for sure very very late 90s vibes but right we so we talked about the we preemptively talked about this song in our church jams now episode that we appeared on yeah i and- double checked and i Personally, I don't know about you, but I didn't have any specific notes on this song. Right. And we mentioned to them when we were on their show, because we went through the entirety of the Two Lefts album with them, that this is a song we hadn't done on the podcast yet. But all of us, from what I remember, all of us agreed that From End to End is like the most forgettable song on Two Lefts. Right. Which is odd because when you say forgettable you think it means it's like a song that kind of fades into the background or it's a song that sounds too much like the rest of the songs but from end to end has this odd and i think i said this in the church jams now episode as well from end to end sounds quite different from the i can't believe we're just moving on after you just got brought brought back down to earth from with alien from aliens we just moved on from that oh well from end to end sounds the most to me like and song that Reliant K would have written later on in their career or during Mm-hmm and Five Score. This song sounds the most like a proto version musically of a song that's com- that would be ready for the next era era of the band. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like I like the music. There's a part which very much reminds me of Everything You Want by Vertical Horizon <laughs> and other like late elementary, early middle school jams, specifically around the three minute, 20 something second mark right. with that breakdown until you see things through from end to end. Like the way they do, he's like from end to end. Like, right. I don't know, something about that is is uh, is very everything you want. It's that's so that's funny. It's striking a chord in your mind to one sort of late '90s sound. It strikes a chord in my mind to another late '90s sound, and that's that like every Fat Records and Epitaph Records, the Fat Rec sound. Every one of those kind of late '90s skate punk bands has like a dramatic, like sincere song on the album, like Mill and Colin and uh, No Use for a Name. And bands like that, you know, they'll always lag wagon. They'll always have like, it's like a fun skate. You think of it as a fun skate punk sound, but then they'll always have sort of a, not necessarily darker, but a more sincere, sincere sounding song. And this to me sounds like one of those kind of songs where like a skate punky band, like a NoFX inspired, even NoFX have a couple of like sincere songs that are a little bit more mid-tempo and this is what I feel like was kind of built upon here. I feel like, especially because we know that 
Matisse around this time was a little bit more inspired by NoFX. He had that NoFX sticker on his keyboard at this time from the time like between this album and Mm-hmm. Like this feels like one of those like mid-tempo dramatic, I would never say emo in this context, but one of those dramatic skate punk songs. Like here's our sincere artsy skate punk song. There's a couple other things going on in this that like a band like Mill and Colin or No Use for a Name maybe wouldn't necessarily. There's a couple like extra lifts and a couple extra turns and complications musically that maybe is more akin to other inspirations that Reliant K has, like you know certain Christian things, definitely lyrically, which we haven't even gotten into yet. But that's how it struck the chord with me, especially the opening, like like that first part. It feels like. Fat Mike's vocals are going to come in any second, but instead it takes this totally other turn and it becomes this other song. So it's just funny that it's, yeah, I guess it does have like a late 90s sound. But yeah, I don't know. This just sounds the most like the kind of song this is sounds like it could have been like an off, like a cut song from Five Score to me. Mm. Like it doesn't sound like the sort of more um, straightforward reliant k that you think of from the first three gears and of course they have a lot of different songs that sound different from yeah. the, from the first yeah. three albums like softer to me and balloon ride and th- and jefferson airplane this was maybe their sort of i don't want to say experimental song but they're sort of like slightly different like, you know yeah. working with a different than usual musical style maybe. and kind of getting that idea of kind of maybe maybe this like i said is maybe this is something that's kind of getting them ready for the slight shift of sound of songwriting that they're going to have with mm-hmm and five score yeah and so maybe that is something for why this is the most forgettable song on two lefts because it's not like this is a bad song and it stands out it's a different kind of song but because it is so kind of different from the rest of the album sort of it just becomes the most forgettable song i'm curious to know anyone who's it's like this is their favorite different song. to you and you don't know why what um, and they've never, as far as I know, they've never played this song live, unless this is one of those things where they only played it a handful of times that was never right. recorded to YouTube or set put on FM set list or FM. Anything, but yeah. this is a song that they never seem to have really played. So this is a deep cut album cut. It just feels like a, like, it feels like a black sheep. But again, black sheep is a bad connotation. It just feels like a slight outlier stylistically from the rest of the album. And it's very odd. That it then ends up feeling like, oh yeah, that song's on there. Especially because Jefferson Airplane, it, well, what's the order? Like, Jefferson Airplane is not a forgettable song, but that's at the very end of the album. Let me look. Yeah, but is Jefferson Airplane sort of the beloved song yeah, it is because song. of Bird and the B-Sides where you get the demo? Because I know I personally prefer the demo well, version it was on this- of, of uh, Jefferson Airplane over this version. I mean, maybe the fact that Jefferson Airplane was released so often in their discography, because the demo of the quote-unquote demo of Jefferson Airplane was released first. It was released on, oh, I think it was employee, The Employee of the yeah. Month. And then it was either that or Creepy EP. I can't remember which. It was released on one of those two. It was it was probably Employee of the Month. And then, and then they flesh it out and do the full studio version, which, by the way... The, sorry, going back. The demo version, I was told, just like you didn't hear it, you were up in the spaceship, but just like how Greg was told 
by Matisse and himself a fact about the inspiration for Deathbed that's like not recordable anywhere else in interviews. I was told by Reliant K that the recording of Jefferson Airplane on the original EP version was an Earthquakes song. It was an Earthquakes demo, or it was an Earthquakes final thing. So then they boost it up to Reliant K, and they do it again, and then they re-release it on Bird and the B-Sides as the quote-unquote demo. So maybe because that song's been released so many times, it gives it gives like a credence to, like, oh yeah, if you didn't get to the end of Two Lefts, go back and listen to Jefferson Airplane again, because this song has been released so many times. But, like, I don't understand. Like, I felt like I knew gibberish really well, and I felt like I knew Jefferson Airplane really well, but for some reason the song in between from end to end, did I skip it? Like, or did I, or when it turned on, did I just, like, tune out my mind and not right. pay attention to this song? Huh. I don't know. I'll tell you what, I definitely didn't pay attention to this song. Because I had no idea what the song was about. It's not a... I still don't know what the song is about. <laughs> well, that's... I, I def, this is the thing I most want to talk about. I'm sorry, because Midnight's by Taylor Swift came out. So I've been a little preoccupied this week. Uh, Would you rather apologies? just forget all about this and just talk about Midnight's? <laughs> not gay enough. I mean, vigilante shit, karma, <laughs> and you're on your own kid are pretty sick, though. Sweet nothing is growing on me. No, I, I like it. It's good. The whole album's grown on me. It's good stuff. Uh, I just ordered the uh, the Mahogany Edition vinyl, so exciting. Great. Yeah, From while Target. we were sitting here in the podcast, <laughs> Jessica like showed me her Target order for the vinyl of Midnight's. <laughs> so, from end to end, lyrics. Yeah, like... I definitely never pay attention to this song because I had no idea what the song was about. It's pretty obvious once you've listened to it closely what it is, but it's not a song that like screams at you what it's about. It's also not like a completely abstract song. It's it's clearly about once I've listened to it, it's clearly about proselytizing, witnessing, getting asking someone to believe in the Christian faith. That's what the song's about. Gotcha. But it's just a song that that meaning doesn't leap out at you as strongly as, say, uh, you know, Sadie Hawkins' dance. Like, you know it's about a Sadie Hawkins' dance. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you can tell from end to end is about some sort of anxiety, some sort of plea, but it wasn't something that just leapt out to me. It's just a... It just like stays vague enough at different points where he and he doesn't say like please believe in Jesus if he if there was a big like please believe in Jesus then you'd know exactly what the song's about right but once I listened to it like eight times I was like oh okay this is a song about witnessing to someone and asking them to believe in Christ but then this opened up this whole other thing that I was just thinking about before we picked this song and we picked this song like a week ago before we actually did it but I had seen a tweet online as I do when I'm just scrolling through look spying on everyone who's talking about Reliant K on Twitter (laughs) and some person like not connected to any other conversation not connected to any other like trending thing about Reliant K currently on Twitter someone just tweeted I just found out Reliant K is Christian and now I realize that my favorite song of theirs is actually about God like damn like they just figured this out and it like broke my heart because and then in a subsequent tweet i'm not naming them because i don't know if it's appropriate to like dox them in this format but it's like 
they um then they were like i thought the song was about dealing with a uh a toxic relationship and now it's a i realize it's about god like man big christianity got me or something it's like that's heartbreaking because that song is about what you think it's about because reliant k wrote it that way like reliant k have a few songs that it's clearly this song is about this like the sadie hawkins dance is about a sadie hawkins dance i am lion <laughs> is about the thundercats it is right Deathbed is about dealing with death and believing in Christ. Like, those things are undeniable. But with a song like Be My Escape or similar songs, and even this song, you know what the lens is he's writing through. You know it's based off of his faith. You know he has this faith background and that when he writes things, it, it, it is most likely, when he writes things that feel vague enough, it's probably coming from that point of view. Right. But Thiessen is such a talented lyricist that he knows how to take the inspiration, which is his faith in Christ, and bring it down and frame it in a way where when he presents the song out to the world, it's everyone's song to interpret however they want. Absolutely. And obviously, like I said, there are exceptions to that. Deathbed is clearly about christianity we had this whole thing when we talked about be my escape because i it, be my escape is the biggest ex, the biggest example of this and Tyson did that interview with the less than jake guy recently and he said like be my escape is based off of he didn't even say based off of my christian faith or whatever he didn't say my faith in christ he was like yeah that just comes from like my background of what i believe he was still vague about it but it's like yeah he was inspired by his the way that he feels his relationship with Christ works and that Christ and his faith can be his escape and that's that becomes the song he says he writes a song about something you believe in being your escape he starts it over here as my faith in Christ becomes my escape he brings it over here to the album he writes the song and deliberately makes it so that it's everyone's song no matter what they believe and he chooses those lyrics so that it is your song. So that person on Twitter who said, oh my gosh, this song's actually about God. Like, no, if you didn't know for that long it wasn't about God, then it's about what you think it's about. That's how music works. So then I tweeted that four-part really sincere tweet that I know you didn't see where I was like, there's a reason why Reliant K's music speaks to everyone, no matter their religious background. It's because... They're not, and I can expound on this a little bit more outside of a tweet. The reason Reliant K's music speaks to everyone is because they're not writing songs because they're Christian. Not anymore. I'll explain that in a second. They're writing songs about loss and self-doubt. There's so much self-doubt in Matt Thiessen's lyrics. Bad Friend Thiessen is a constant character in all their songs. They're writing these things not because they're Christian, but they're writing these things because it's their therapy to work through these negative emotions, through the music, and their belief in Christ is one of those things, so they kind of lens it around these concepts. This is why Reliant K's music speaks to everyone. It's because they write the song about trying to figure out how to get through these emotions, and you, as the listener, get to work through it with them. It becomes your therapy as well. 
Now, early Reliant K music, up to this song maybe, early Reliant K music was like, oh, you're having problems? Here's the answer. It's Jesus. They did that like so many other Christian bands do. And there's so much Christian music where it's like, I got problems, and here's the answer. It's Jesus. And Reliant K did the same thing because they were, I think they were influenced by other Christian pop bands, other Christian punk bands. They were influenced heavily by their own church background, whatever that might be, their denomination. And they were like, oh, I've got the answer. But as they, I've got the answer. It's Jesus. You need to believe in Jesus, right? So many early Christian bands were ministries. They said, we're a ministry. The Supertones wasn't just a ska band. They were a ministry to get people saved. They still are. Right. Reliant K, early in their career, did see themselves as a ministry up through the first three albums. And then by mm-hmm, they were no longer a ministry. They were an artist who just created great art and put it out into the world so that people could experience it and take from it what they needed to take from it. And if that somehow led them if people in like looked into more about Reliant K and they're like oh they're working through things and figuring things out the way I've been trying to oh they believe in Christ let me look into Christianity but if you or but conversely if it's like oh they're working through things and trying to figure things out as well like I am oh they're Christian well I tried Christianity or I had really bad trauma from Christianity so I'm not interested in that but that's great that like someone from my similar background is working through these things like I am. And maybe I can like, it's a friendship. My, my experience with their music is like a friendship that we can work through this together. So by, mm-hmm, it's now the music's for everybody. Now from end to end is, is the second to last song on two lefts make a right. And we'll get into the lyrics, but it's no, basically, they don't, but three do. Oh, did I say the wrong number? <laughs> Two lefts, three lefts, three lefts. The saying is three lefts. The album cover is called Two Lefts. I know, I know. I know. You just said... You you just said... 32 lefts. Two lefts make a right. That's all. 32 lefts make a right. Exactly. And 426 do as well. So this is the... This seems to me like I could like dig back into their their discography but as we've gone through all these songs and we're like getting to the end like we've got about half a year worth of songs left like we got like eight months oh worth man of we songs got it left. Reliant K one we need new music two <laughs> damn we got to figure out what we're gonna do while we wait for Reliant K to put out new music <laughs> um sort of canonically in their art in their music as it's presented to the world this feels to me like the last full-on ministry song that Reliant K will release. Like, this is the second-to-last song on the third album before mm-hmm, before they become way more mature in how they present these ideas. They don't just, like, shove it in your face and say, this is the answer, it's, it's Christ, why won't you believe? Why won't you believe? Like, they don't do that anymore. This song is literally saying... Can I get this? There's a lyric in the song. He's like, can I get this through your head? Like that thing when you're like really on fire for Christ and you really want to bring people into the fold, into the flock. And you're just like, hey, stupid, why don't you believe Jesus the way that I do? It's like, this is the last song, whether or not it's actually the last song he wrote like this or whatever. Since it's the second to last song on this album and they get way more mature with mm-hmm and five score. 
this is kind of the last song like this in the ordered canon of Reliant K music. And then eventually we'll get to The Lining is Silver, which I think is the absolute turning. Like if mm-hmm and five score or, or sort of a middle ground, a wasteland of figuring that stuff out, not a wasteland, but sort of a middle ground of figuring that stuff out, by the time of The Lining is Silver, he full on, and I just want you to know, which shares some DNA with this song, like both those songs are about being a more mature and even Christian and not just trying to like force your beliefs on people, not just taking a sword and like cutting down heathens, like actually just being a beacon and living your life and trying to figure yourself out and not trying to fix other people because that's not exactly what Christ called you to do, right? That's how I've been experiencing from end to end this week. Do you want to dig into the actual lyrics and see how it goes? Oh, oh, sure. Let's <laughs> uh, let's do it. I've just been sitting here enjoying listening to you. Don't lie to me. <laughs> no one enjoys listening to me. <laughs> uh, also, uh, I do want to say no. I did not read your. I, I'm I'm not up on the on the tweets on the twitters, but. Uh, you did show me the tweets, and I, I thought it was really well said and very beautifully written. And I also want to state that I don't always co-sign just because it comes from the Sadie Hawkins podcast. Jessica doesn't know what I'm doing on the Twitter. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Sometimes he'll be like, oh, so I had this really spicy take today, and I put it on Sadie Hawkins pod. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> well, you know what's funny on the Twitter... Like we, this one I do co-sign on, though, Dan. <laughs> for, a, for, a, for about a year, we've capped out... And, and, and I only recently really started like taking note of this number because of some stuff that happened. We capped oh, out no. around 1,100 <laughs> Twitter followers. And the reason I noticed that was because a couple months ago, I got really spicy about the fact that the word evangelical is meaningless. Like, but it, it, our society, our world, our zeitgeist, both the Christians and the non-Christians, we've made... I'm not going to get into it right now, I swear. But the word evangelical has a specific dictionary meaning. You go to Webster's, you go to Google, you go to, like, you ask your iPhone, what's the definition of evangelical? It'll tell you a definition. Then you go to Wikipedia, and it's a whole nother definition. Then you look at how people use it in podcasts, and it's a whole nother definition. And you see how people use it on Twitter, and it's a whole nother definition. And I'm like, half the time they're just using, we're just using the word as, like, a synonym for Christian, but it's not. It's not a synonym for Christian. It's supposed to be a, a particular type of Christian, but then it becomes like, it's like problematic Christian, but it's also like a specific denomination. And it was technically a more liberal Christian years ago, and it got co-opted by a certain portion of whatever. I was like, this word just appears to me to be meaningless, Right. And mm -hmm. I'm, and I took all these spicy takes and questions to the Sadie Hawkins pod Twitter and I could watch people being done with me <laughs> on the Twitter follows because I watched us shoot down like 10, 15 follows. But then we got them all back with this positive thing that I suddenly accidentally did about how Reliant K is for everybody. Well, Dan, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. Yeah, but you catch... People, you catch uh, people at the chip shop with vinegar because vinegar is fun on, on French fries. See, vinegar still has a place in society. You got to have vinegar. You catch more people at the salad shop you with vinegar. You can't have the rainbow without the rain. Yes, yeah, you can't I have gotcha. the rainbow without the rain. Or That's... however that Dolly Parton quote goes. <laughs> so I'm the <laughs> rain and Jessica's the rainbow. 
<laughs> and unfortunately, the rain is in charge of the Twitter account and the Instagram. <laughs> if you want the rainbow, you can go to Cinema Cataclysm's Instagram, where Jessica runs. So enough of that. Here's the lyrics. Excuse me, but I've got a request. Could you take the gag off of my mouth? I admit that I'm fairly impressed because you're the best at blocking me out. I believe that we weren't quite done. I know it's hard to hear me out again. I realize you're not the only one who's terrified of life from end to end. So this is... I mean, spoiler warning, this is... I mean, this just sounds like an angry friend Tyson song. Right. This just sounds like a combative friend Tyson. Yeah. Like, this is about him witnessing about Christ, and he's... The more you dig into the song, like, that's gotta oh, be... Oh, don't you worry, we have song meetings. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, not good. But, <laughs> like, just like that person on Twitter who inspired me to write that that Twitter thread, like... When you go through this song, except for one lyric towards the end where he's, where he says, like, believe him, and it's clearly he's talking about God, this could be like, you're in a toxic relationship. Will you please hear me out? That person you're dating is abusing you and using you, or you're addicted to drugs, or... Stop coming right out and saying it, and listen to me for once. Exactly. There's people partying out in oh our, in our <laughs> courtyard. There's, I don't know if this is the mic's picking up, but exactly. Like this could be, this song could be with like one, with pretty much one cut. This song could be about telling someone you have something that you really need to hear me about, but it becomes something else. Hey, Hey. Oh yeah. What do you think of the, Hey, Hey, <laughs> sometimes hey, hey, I like it. Hey, Hey, when the monkeys. The way that this song turns in the chorus and goes, hey, hey, can you hear, oh, uh, wait, can yeah. you hear anything hey, hey, I say? Guys. The way it turns with that, hey, hey, sometimes I like it and sometimes I don't like it. It just strikes me differently each time when t goes, hey, hey, can you hear anything I say? You don't have any opinion on it? Sometimes it feels really silly and sometimes it feels really different because I don't think there's another Reliant K lyric where he kind of plays around and with that moment in the song and just goes, Hey, Hey. So you have no opinion on that. Um, why don't you play it for me? Okay. (laughs) See what we're supposed to do is listen to the song before we start recording. (laughs) What did I say about midnights? (laughs) (laughs) See, this just sounds like no effects to me. See, I'm, I'm, Oh, and then there's the bell in there. I really, I guess, I guess because, you know, no effects we know is an inspiration, oh my goodness gracious, to Reliant K, I should really listen to them Well, I'll make you a playlist of the songs <laughs> okay. that won't really upset you. Oh, goodness gracious. There's a lot of, like, ridiculous <laughs> lyrics in their songs. Are you, is, this like, you, is this like Rick and Morty or like Jessica? Maybe just don't touch Oh, yeah, I told Jessica, Jessica you're not going to like Rick and Morty. <laughs> There's like a handful of Rick and Morty episodes you, you would you, like. Because you will often be like, oh, I can hear the no effects, you know, uh, influence right. here and there, and I just don't know it. Here it is. Nope. <laughs> Wait another minute. Did you listen to the song this week, Dan? <laughs> I don't remember the whole song from end to end, but I do know that generally there are sections in here. Oh, right. He says the song right before he goes to the hey, hey. Okay. Oh, he said the title of the song. Hey, hey, can you hear anything I 
This just sounds like anything you would hear in Hot Topic from hey, around hey. this time. That like little hey hey bit. It just it, it the more you listen to the song, at least personally, the more I listen to the song. Sometimes the hey hey was like ugh, and sometimes it's like yeah, it's perfectly fine. And then oh, what's the other part? He goes he goes tell me what's this part? Hold on. Miss, I don't. Is that a thing that I don't, is that that wavering like that? Uh, that thing. Warble. Warble. Like that's not a thing that Tyson does very often. Not really. Now, how does this differentiate from the non-gold version? Since I know you're playing it on oh, Spotify right now. This is the gold version. Let me get one other. He does one other wavery part. Here it is. Tell me. Oh wow! This yeah, is a that more is very, bravadic. Uh, yeah. Is that a word? The more bravado version of Tyson. <laughs> Tell me. See, let's just do the listening of the song in the episodes. <laughs> That's, That's so '90s, though. Like that, you know, that definitely has that sort of '90s rock feel to it. So the biggest difference, like, there is definitely... Who is he? Matchbox 20? <laughs> it turned out he was the whole time. Wait, he wasn't the one. No, it was the person trying to wake him up with Matchbox 20. So the biggest difference between the gold version and the non-gold version is the sort of slowed down little breakdown part where an acoustic guitar comes in. So here's how everyone knows it from it being the gold version... Always I mean, gotta... I already like that intro better on the uh, non-gold. Right. Oh, this is this is the gold again. God damn. <laughs> Here's how everyone hears it nowadays on streaming, because the gold version is the I version. apologize for taking the Lord's name in vain there. <laughs> the... Danny just switched things up. With... This has a different cover, so I... I, I moved to my it. phone's hard drive music, because I need to compare okay, the versions I directly. I only listened to the song, like, once, maybe twice. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> but I'm at least sorry. did you listen to it from end to end? Yes. Okay. Did I pay attention to it from end to end? Maybe not. (laughs) So right here where the rest of the song drops out and it goes to one acoustic instrument, this is how it sounds in the gold version. Hey, hey, can you hear anything I say? And then this is how it sounds in the non-gold version. Can you hear anything I say? You search for the shortcut. You know- Could you even tell the difference? There's a big difference. You might not be able to tell it on the speaker in the room Just right now. Just a little bit. Yeah, they 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 turn up the acousticness of the of the edit of the volumes of the mix. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> they turn down the they turn up the acoustic We're guitar mix. This yeah, <laughs> they turn up the acoustic guitar mix in the gold version. Whereas in the uh, original non-gold version, they kind of have the acoustic guitar with a little bit of a of an effect on it, and po- or maybe there's two guitars: an electric guitar and let me listen again. There might be an electric guitar and an acoustic guitar matched together, where the uh, electric one has an effect on it. Here it is again: the non-gold breakdown section. Hey, hey can you hear anything I say? Yeah, there's just an extra. There's an. I guess it's just the acoustic guitar, but there's an extra added effect on the acoustic guitar. But they remove that 
in the non-gold version. That's what I'm hearing. The rest of the mix, it's... This song actually, with when I put on the big headphones, both ways, this song sounded a little muddy. Like, this, like it wasn't mixed the best out of everything else on the album. Maybe that's another reason why I never pay a lot of attention to it for either version. I don't know. I couldn't notice any other big edit points or any other big, uh, obvious leaping out differences between the gold and the non-gold. Can you uh, play the beginning for me of the non- of the non-gold? Here's the beginning of the non-gold version of the song. <laughs> Oh, see, yeah, I already like this better than than the gold right. version. That does sound. <laughs> what? That was a reasonable thing you said. What did you? How was it funny? What the hell's going on outside our apartment? They have enough party out there. Is there is there a soccer game? Are they playing the football today somewhere? It's our across the hall neighbors. That's why it sounds so loud. They We're have their door noisy open. sometimes too. It's it's all good. We're in here at all hours of the night, yelling about <laughs> this movies. song is secular. Oh, this song's not secular, <laughs> and that. <laughs> um, we barely got into the lyrics. Let's get back into it. But yeah, so I the was hey, about hey, to hey. ask for your closing notes. <laughs> we didn't even do our break yet. Oops. Um. Because I just can't believe the way that this continues to go on is the next lyric. So it's like he's having this problem with this person and he keeps like debating with them and trying to get them to understand something. Again, I wish you could say that that's anything, but it's, it comes down to he's saying like you should believe in Christ. Uh, I say I wish you didn't always think I'm wrong. So tell me. And that, that came up in another Reliant K song where there was something about like um, I wish you, it, was it, um, was it, I just want you to know where it's something, there's another song where it's I, like, I think it is. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you know, if you, when you are trying to witness to someone about Christ and get them to believe, like, it's not on you to say, stop telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's not your like when you believe in Christ, it's so you need patience. selfish. But it's so selfish to think like I'm right. Like yeah, you are convicted and you believe in Christ. But when it comes down in a debate with a person, it's like I'm right and you're wrong. Like that's not like actually the spirit of like Christ inside you coming out into the world. Like that's you're taking it personal. At like like I take like I take ska opinions personal. Like when somebody says that reggae came before ska, and I'm like that's wrong. <laughs> like that's on the same par as like getting mad with someone because you're right about Christ and they're wrong. I mean, especially when like people have different denominations and different things that they believe and like you like who's to say you're right and they're wrong like it don't make it about yourself right i don't want to say i'm right i just want you to know to know that there was a man who lived one day with holes in his hands as some do say and i believe we'd be friends if we talked and prayed so we do that's why we do i don't want to say i'm right because i just want you to know right so when we talk, which is aggressive, <laughs> which sounds aggressive when a lot of people interpret that song as I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know. And a lot of people interpret that song as Matt Thiessen saying, I don't want you 
to say that I'm right about Christ died for your sins. I just want you to magically know. And that if you think that that song's about preaching and witnessing, then it makes him sound like a monster. <laughs> because it makes him sound like he's got all the right answers, like like a cult leader, like I've got the right answers. I just want you to know that's not the right way to go about it. Right. Like there's but a better way. We dissected that song and we came to the conclusion that it's really about like realizing that about being a woke Christian, about trying to be a Christian who lives by example. I don't want to say I'm right, that we shouldn't be attacking people for not believing the things we believe. I just want you to know, fellow Christian, that we shouldn't attack people. That's what I think that song's actually about. From end to end, though, is about what I've said. It's I think what I've already said it's about. So in this case, it is actually him saying to someone you're wrong and I'm right. I just wish you knew I'm, I just wish you knew that I'm right. And I think that it's good that this kind of proselytizing version of Reliant K, this is the last one. This is the last song like this, unless I feel that you misinterpret. I just want you to know. So then I'll skip ahead to towards the end of the song. So tell me, tell me that uh, what it will take to get this through your head. <laughs> That's more aggr- more of that aggressive stuff. And tell me what it will take to get you on my good side again. But again, if we didn't, if I didn't believe that this song was about witnessing, this could be about like one of those bad Frentisan songs. What will it take to get you on my good side again? What will it take to get this through your head that I'm sorry? What will it take to get this through your head that you need to realize you have a drug problem? What will it take to get this through your head to realize you're in a toxic relationship? Like all of those would be healthy ways of saying this. But if you're saying, what will it take to get this through your head that my belief in Christ is right and what you believe is wrong? That's not how you win hearts. That's not how you win minds. That's not valuable witnessing at all. Then towards the end here, he says, And tell me what it will take to forget what you knew. Just let him find you, and then you'll see things through from end to end. So at the very end, he tosses in the hymn, which here on Google is not a capitalized hymn. But I feel like it's just got to be the hymn meaning God. Like, let him in, let Christ in your heart, and you'll see your life through from end to end. And also the idea that, like, Christ will make all your life better like that's also something that will make your day-to-day life better will make your magic will give you health and wealth will make everything magically better will cure all your emotional problems instantly and you'll never have those problems again that's not something reliant k ever really touches on again to say it like it here is here like he's saying let him in and you'll see everything through from end to end like no it's a constant work like even if you have christ in your heart even if you have this faith and belief you have to keep working on everything just like you always have this isn't a one giant band-aid it's a it's a treatment to us as humans like there are lots of treatments emotional and spiritual that you can find here's my emotional and spiritual treatment it's christ this song seems to push the idea that it's the one be all super magic grandpa's tonic that's going to cure all of your all of your problems from end to end. But, you know, it's still a kick-ass song <laughs> musically. And with that, we are going to go ahead and take our break. Thank you so much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. If you want to join the conversation, please contact us with thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE, or send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. 
You can also visit our socials. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all at Sadie Hawkins Pod, where you can see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit SadieHawkinsPod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as our merch store for shirts, mugs, and stickers. And on Facebook, search for Sadie Hawkins Group to discuss our show and Reliant K. It's admin by Danny, so honestly, you can probably post almost anything there. We also want to thank our patrons at Patreon.com slash SadieHawkinsPod, who include Nick, Bjorn, Emily, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Daniel, Jay, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes. Unlock dozens of existing bonus apps, including K is for Karaoke songs, every chapter of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book, stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon-exclusive shirt when you have donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Whether you join the Patreon or not, we appreciate that you have a lot of choices for podcasts out there in the world, so it's nice that you chose us. Thanks. As I mentioned earlier, we have song meetings. Let's get into the people who really know what they're talking about. Music Kid 07 on November 8th, 2004 said, first comment, woot, with two zeros as the O's. Anywho, seems to me that this song's about Matt and him trying to witness to someone and tell them about God, but they don't really want to hear it. And they act like they don't care, but they can't completely just forget everything he's saying. You've tried to ignore the things I've say, but in the end, you found you never could. CC Ghost on December 22nd, 2004 said, yeah, I agree, but I think it's about someone trying to get a point across and being pushed aside and seeing life from end to end means seeing life after death in heaven and how you need to live life for God and have a meaningful life and how the person will try anything to make the other person see. PNK F. ZZYSLPPRS117 or Pink Fuzzy Slippers 117 on March 19, 2005 says, This song makes me cry almost every time I play it because I'm in the exact same position. I try to witness, but this person won't listen. They get mad. This line is especially great. And tell me what I what it will take to forget what you knew. Just let him find you. And then you'll see things through from end to end. I just thought of something else. You know when you know someone who actually has like who has mental health problems, but they don't want to work on it, and you say you need help. Boy, that 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 always works out, doesn't it? That's that that's a real fix all. Like to look at someone that you're having like problems with, you know, emotionally, mentally, like you're not, you know, and you just go, you need help. That always works. So like, why would you think that that would work on a you know, that's something that is happening now in the physical world. Like, why would you think that that same thing? You need Christ. Why do you think that would work when it's something that you kind of have to learn and be taught this whole idea of there's a whole nother spiritual world? Like, that's not something that people immediately see. But people can tell, like, they're, they're you know, having problems and constantly fighting with people. And then someone yells at them and says, you need help. They're not going to accept that. But, like, come on. Come on. I feel bad for this person who felt bad. When they tried to tell their friend, you know, they tried to witness and their friend always got mad. But I would also say, like, how did that person approach 
their non-Christian friend? Right. Did they approach it in a way that caused them to be mad? Did they ever lead by example? Did they ever like show them why, aside from you have to believe this thing, did they show them any other benefit to their faith other than just believe this thing or you go to hell? Drummer Girl on May 19th, 2005 said, uh, I love this song. I so know what he feels like trying to tell his friends about God and being so discouraging because they just don't seem to listen, even though you know what they think, even though you know they think about what you said afterwards, specifically the forget what you knew. Because I have lots of smart friends who think science explains everything, and they just need to get rid of that idea. <laughs> Who'd science, you vote for in the last two elections, Science friend? does explain everything that science is able to explain so far. No, I'm, I'm just kidding about that. But, you know, yes, I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to get into it here. I'm not going to get into it here. Like, there are things that science can't explain, and that's where faith comes in. So, and God gave and like if you believe that God created the universe, God gave us science. Like exactly. the first Christians did it because they wanted to the first Christian science not Christian scientists. Early scientists were Christian. <laughs> accidentally said that. One I know. Before. Early scientists were often Christian because they wanted to understand more about God's creation. And then it just got to this point where it's like, well, no, like there's no, you know, it's unraveling more and it's like challenging people's faith. But like, isn't there a way to like still maintain a faith? And I know that this is impossible for people on both sides of it, but it is for me to like maintain a faith, but still understand that everything that comes out from science is true. Like both can be true. Like, Christians already compartmentalize things anyway. So, like, how can you not, you know, like, the, the stuff the Bible says that contradicts the other stuff the Bible says. You already compartmentalize that. How can you not compartmentalize science with the Bible? Guitar Chica 101 on January 3rd, 2008 said, I think it means that the person they're talking about doesn't see things from a different perspective. He slash she only sees things from his slash her point of view. And I doubt it is even about death. That kind of depresses me. I think it's about a girl, but I guess that's just me. And good for you. Guess what, Guitar Chica 101? If that's what you want to take out of this and that helps you through a situation, then that's what it means. And to everyone else who has the same comments from, you know, the other side of uh, and the other point of view, then that's that's great for you, too. Um, Rock and Roll Girl 47 on May 16th, 2012 said it could definitely be both. Many of the songs Matt writes are directed at his ex-girlfriend who lost sight of her faith for it for a chance at stardom. Who do you think they're talking about, Dan? I don't know. Uh, well, it but could- I don't think the timing works out on this at all. No, well, it could be directed. What year is this comment? 2012. No, I, I get what they're saying, but this doesn't work out. The timing doesn't work out for this at all. They were still together when this song was written. Well, it could be directed at a friend. The lyrics definitely point to a strong attachment in the relationship. Which, by the way, okay. No, they the, the, talk about <laughs> this issue often and cannot avoid one another or ignore their love, even if this causes a riff in their in their friendship. After all, the Christian faith is all about relationships with the Trinity and with other people. The two are inseparable, two faces of the same coin. So if you write a song about your faith that uses real issues and real emotions, you're going to get the purely rational side of it too. 
And I think that is kind of in a roundabout way what, what we're also saying where it's like you just kind of it could be about both and you can take away from it whatever you want to take away from it because Matt is a great songwriter and that's how these often these songs often go where it really feels like it could be about either. In regards to the specific girlfriend, she <laughs> did get her start in Christian music, and uh, I believe her father is a minister. So, but that I don't can't be I don't what this song that, is about because yeah. they were still together <laughs> when know. this song was yes. written. And aside from that, there's th- she was Christian. There's no point where 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 Matt Tisson was like, why won't you believe in Jesus? She's right. always believed in Jesus. It brings back to when we did the, uh, the, when we did the Patreon episode about her first Christian album, we found that like clip of her performing on TBN or something with one of those early songs. And it was all like Christian Karens in the comments saying, well, well, she's headed for hell now. Oh, oh, look at her being so nice back then, but now she she's a harlot and she's this and that. And one person was like, one person specifically said, only God can judge her now. And I was like, yeah, yeah, God's judged her and with incredible health and wealth. Like, what's the difference? Like, someone gets incredible health and wealth, but they don't, and they believe in Christ. Well, that was Christ giving them that. But someone doesn't believe in Christ exactly the same way you think they're supposed to, and their incredible health and wealth is just worldly things that they're chasing instead of. There's, there's. What's the difference there? There's no line. You don't actually see right. a line. It's, just, it's just perspective. It's just perspective, which is a lovely hand to hold. I've heard it is. So, Danny, what do you have for us this week? So, this episode became spicy, just like some of my tweets. This is like our Twitter feed, <laughs> in the form of an episode. So there's only two guitar covers of this song and there's no live performances, but I tried to do as deep a dive as I could. So I searched very specifically, show me the word Reliant spelled with an E, YouTube videos where the word Reliant with an E is in the title and the word from, and that gave us all kinds of fun stuff. April, we're almost done. She's getting spicy. We can't make it through. It's been two weeks and we can't make it through an episode without you being like, stop recording and take me for a walk. It's not even that late. It's not even close to walk time either. We're still two hours out from that, which we're going to the LA Haunted Hayride tonight. So we are going to have to uh... pray that our souls are saved from Satan. Well, that, we're that safe the whole time. but also she's going to have to go out early. Right. So here is what is really just a bad nightcore, but it's... Okay. It's Did you noto- make it? No. <laughs> I make good nightcore. Thank you very much. <laughs> this is from a YouTube channel called Remixed Voice. And this is like problematic in that it's called oh, no. Reliant K from end to end female voice. So they just pitch the song up and they're like, imagine if from end to end had a female voice. It literally doesn't sound like that. It's just a higher pitch Matisse. (laughs) It's like, oh, you know, chicks, they got higher voices. Like this is this is a sexist upload. This is a sexist nightcore. (laughs) Boo, there's nothing I hate more than a sexist nightcore. Um, and we know that Tyson is capable of like a really high falsetto, almost female voice, because in the Sadie Hawkins dance 10th anniversary version, when he starts singing from the girl's perspective, he sang so high that the first time I heard it, I literally thought they brought in a female guest vocal for that part, which I thought was cute. And I'm like, 
oh wait, this is just Matt Thiessen singing higher than he ever has on any <laughs> other record. So there's that. But then, so then I found a bunch of videos just with the word Reliant and From in the title. So here's one. This is Reliant K talking about fans who came from Columbia to Pennsylvania to see the Amiator. Oh, wow. Just like, let's just, this is uploaded by Yara Shalom. This is at live in Philadelphia uh, from six months ago. It's today, Friday. It feels like Saturday. Oh, hi, welcome. Yeah, thanks for coming. They came from Columbia. And I don't think they mean Tennessee. That's a, that's a long way to fit. Yeah. yeah. Columbia, Tennessee is also a long, also way. A long way to fit. Yeah, but not quite as far. Whoa! <laughs> awesome, yeah, why? Really? <laughs> I guess we're not playing in the birds, but... Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, it's our first show in the spring. It's a, it's a springtime now. This song is about being able to sleep outside in the yard if you want to. It's called Bumming. So, so I don't know if that was even worth playing. Some people came from Columbia. This was their, Philadelphia was their first show in the spring of 2020. And Bumming is about sleeping in the yard if you want to. I wish I'd known that when we did the song Bumming. 2022. What did I say? 2020. Isn't it still 2020? Well, what year in is a it? way. Who's president? Oh, this is something I found, and I think this should just be sent around to everyone. Here's Reliant K playing the song Happy Birthday, the recently released into the public domain Happy Birthday. <laughs> they're singing it here in the context. Oh, after this hotels.com ad. Here they're singing it in the context <laughs> to Matt Hoops. This is from 16 years ago. I oh, mean, wow. I'm more shocked that YouTube is six, is at least 16 years old. Um, I was going to make a depressing comment, but I'm just going to move on. And yes, indeed. Hard to believe, Dan. Hard to believe. This is uploaded. So if you type in happy birthday from Reliant K, this is Reliant K covering the happy birthday song, singing it to Matt Thiessen. But I think Reliant K fans should start sending this around to each other on their birthdays. Yeah, Matt, indeed. Happy birthday, Matt Hoops. I think it was just his birthday again. Or it was just George It was just George Foreman's birthday as well. I meant John Foreman. I did that one on purpose. Uh, oh no, you weren't here for that. You go you were up in the you were up in the in oh, space I with see. Tom Long when that happened again. And then here's another one I found just randomly, like real real obscure Reliant K videos on YouTube. This one I found just by searching for the words reliant and from this is john from reliant k wants you to check out the band draw one card and this is uploaded by the youtube channel draw one card i can't wait to find out which john hey what's up this is john from the band reliant k and you should check out draw one card because they are awesome danny john foreman's not part of reliant k (laughs) that was john schneck 
I did a similar thing for my friend's band, Good for Life, the ska band from New England, where I would take a camera around all the time and I would ask people, like, say something nice about my friend's band, Good for Life, and then I would put this on a website for them. Somewhere I've got footage. We know, that's I know, I've got footage of Katy Perry saying, check out Good for Life. (laughs) So let's check out one card. If they got the John Schneck seal of approval. Heck yeah. Here's one, draw one card's song you're not my jenna hey guys it's isaac from drawing card i just wanted to play you guys a little something so this song is called you're not my jenna Did someone just sneeze in the background <laughs> it's my favorite part of the song with the full onomatopoeia a chew you got your heart in the right place, but you might play somewhere else. Picking up bastards that one save from mine. But sweetie, you're not really here with me. When I- this is nice and all, but like the lyrics honestly feel like an AI generator. <laughs> You feel like an AI generator. <laughs> it just, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's obviously not. It's from 10 years ago. And he's singing right now. I'm sorry. John Schneck said, check, check out John, uh, Draw One Card. They're great. I'm just saying. This has the, the Schneck seal of approval. It does. We don't have the Schneck seal of approval. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because we forgot to ask when he was on the show to be like, hey, you're listening to Sadie Hawkins pod, right. which is something that I do think about from time to time. Although with your spicy takes, no member of Reliant K is going to want to do that for us. I think back and I'm really bummed that we didn't think to have Ethan Luck do an opening bit with us, like write a skit and have him do that with <laughs> us. Why just Ethan? Because we weren't like, because John Schneck was early on in the podcast, and I definitely oh, I wouldn't see. have thought of that. But by the time Ethan was on the show, we should have done that. Well, we got to get him back on now. Both of them. But. <laughs> we'll get them both on the podcast together. Hash things out. Have a debate on Sadie Hawkins' pod. About who's, what? Who's the best? Uh... I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'll think of something. <laughs> Who makes the best sandwiches on tour? <laughs> Very good. Uh, moving on. What else do you have for us, Danny? I mean, I guess that could be it. Just oh, okay. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of Ethan Luck, I got Ethan Luck from Reliant K speaking to PETA 2. Weren't you a member of PETA 2 for a bit? I was. Yeah, because wasn't like, wasn't like PETA, how did PETA 2 work? Like PETA had all this bad publicity for doing horrible things. <laughs> so then like PETA 2 started up as like, hey teens, join PETA, right. but we're not the bad PETA, they we're had, PETA 2. They definitely had better uh, like advertising right. and, and cute cartoons on Yeah, it's like we're not going to, ne- we're not going to send you. They're, we're not going to send you upsetting footage of things. We're just going to be like, we're not, show you yeah. little cute chickens, that like drawings that say, I'm not a nugget. And you're like, oh, that's adorable. Let me stick it on my notebook. 
Well, here's Ethan Luck. I don't know if he's still vegan, but at the time in... He is. He is. Okay, well, here in 2011 is Ethan Luck talking about having been a vegan for two years. I'm Ethan Luck from Reliant K, and this is for Peter Two. I have uh, eaten a vegan diet for about two years now, just over two years. Um, my wife has been vegetarian for about 17. Over the course of a month, after eating a lot of barbecue in the South, I just started feeling really sick, and I just decided to try it. And after a month, like, I loved it. I started, like, learning how to cook more and better, uh, you know, and getting more creative things to eat at home and on tour. So I ended up just falling in love with it. After I would eat, I wouldn't ever feel sick or uncomfortable, or um, even if I ate a lot of food but was vegan, I, I would be full but not sick full. After about five or six months, I think I dropped like 20 pounds without even exercising. When I started cooking more, um, the main Jessica just made a face at me like, yeah, Danny. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. You'll when, feel way better when, when, you, I, when you actually follow it. When I have fully gone vegan with you for like a month or two at a time, I always feel great. And then inevitably, you go right back to it. <laughs> well, eventually, I see a delicious cheeseburger, and I think, I can't not eat that cheeseburger. You you can not eat it, though. And I sing the His Cheeseburger song. Okay. The cheeseburger's not available, so I go and I get, I go and get bacon and eggs. No. <laughs> I definitely don't eat bacon anymore. So anyway, uh, we'll just cut that off there. So there's Ethan Luck telling you oh, oh, eat a okay. vegan diet. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. From Ethan Luck to PETA 2 and you, eat a vegan diet. It's good stuff. You'll feel better. So Jessica. Yes. What do you think of veganism? Do you think it's better, worse, or the same since before we did this episode? Even better. You think veganism is even better? I sure do. I think it's way worse. I think God put us on this planet to no, eat. No, don't be one of those kind of <laughs> folks. Come on. And I'm going to have to eat four times as much meat as you to to to, to damn your convictions. Because you're always shoving it in people's faces. You're always really going not. around to people saying, I wish I could get this through your head. I wish you could see life from end to end as vegan. So I wish you could just understand. No, Jessica never does that. She always just, she just, she lives really by example. I really try not to be pushy with anything right <laughs> with anything i feel or believe in or whatever right sometimes you, i'll be like hey you want a good cup of coffee oakland oakland coffee roasters yeah. it's good stuff very green and not just very it's green, green day, exactly because it's, it's the most eco-friendly coffee company in the yeah. world not sponsored just letting you know if you don't want to buy that that's cool i don't care you do you friend if you want to know more about it hit me up that's cool but i'm like I'm not going to push it down down your throat. That's up to you. Sure. So, with that in mind, what do you think of the song From End to End by Reliant K? Do you like it more the same or less than before? That's actually a really difficult question this time. I feel like it is, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm actually not sure uh, on this one. I don't know... <sighs> I do quite like the music more since I had just not really paid much attention to it previously. Mm -hmm. I definitely like the music more... I I don't know how I feel about the lyrics because again, like we just said, I'm not I'm not pushy. I don't like being pushy. I don't like pushing like your views on someone, especially if they're not asking for it. If they're asking for it, then you know that's one thing. But sort of kind of going out of your way to be aggressive and try to bring someone into something, no matter how well meaning it is, right. 
It's just, you know, it's a lot. You know, making friendly suggestions here or there, being like, hey, I'm Living here. by example. Living by example. Like a and, vegan yeah. person who lives by example shows how healthy and happy they are, like Ethan Luck. And just like if you eventually notice how happy Ethan Luck looks and feels from being vegan, then maybe you're like, oh, maybe there's something to this vegan And thing. I'm sure that if you ask him about it, he'll tell you about it, like right. PETA too did, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think it's definitely the, the hang-up is in, is in the lyrics, for sure. Yeah, I agree. So I think I go from, like, like the same to like more, because I paid attention to this song more. And again, if you just take out one mm-hmm. word from this song, it can be a song about pleading with someone for doing something that they need to realize is bad. Which again could be a toxic relationship, drug addiction, or in this case, it's supposed it's it's not believing in Christ and going to hell when they die. But whatever, like this song can be multiple things, like a lot of Reliant K songs can, and so I do think I like it more. Aside from the fact of what I really do obviously think is the intended message of the song, I think it exists in an area where it doesn't have to be that. So I think I like it more. Right. Kind of, with the caveat of... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Ag- agreed, for sure. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and, and bearing with us uh, through this transitional period. <laughs> and we'll be back next week for with sure. a spooky... Reli- no, with a spooky episode. That's right. What could it be? There's no more Halloween Reliant K songs. That you know of. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We already did the deathbed. We already did the spookiest song, deathbed. So what could it be? Well, you'll have to tune in next week to find out. 